this that rhythm, this that lightning, this that burn, this ain't no perm, this that nappy, this that herb, this that kinfolk, this that skinfolk, this that war, this that bloodline, on that front line, ready for war, where you gonna run? Hey. Ooh, Ooh bitch, where's that from? Oh, Girl, shit. black is king tease, hunty. Black okay. Is king, my power. I love that. Oh my god, I love that song. I do. Oh. But I'm way off. I'm way off like the the rhythm, but I tried my best. <laughs> you got the lyrics though. You got the lyrics. I you know, sure did. that's all that that's what matters. Okay. You heard the words. The words got into your heart and that mind and that <sighs> spirit. They did. Um. It, it got deeply it deeply penetrated my spirit, girl. Deeply Ooh. like the Ooh, dick. I want to talk about it. Deeper than wait. the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deeper than the D. Deeper bitch. than those oh, eight, nine, man. and ten inches. Deeper. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Two Saved Queens. I'm your host, Miss Malachi. I'm joined by the lovely and incomparable Miss Devereaux. Hey. Um, ooh, this week. I mean, every time I think. You know, maybe this will be a chill week. It'll be quiet. It'll be like, no, bitch, you ain't ready for this. Watch what I got for that ass. Oh, so we're going to get into it. But first, let's talk about the spirit. Let's talk about Miss Black is King, girl. What is the tea? So that came out yesterday? No, it came out on Friday. Friday. Yeah. Look at me. I ain't no bass stand. I ain't no B.I. And it's funny because as you, okay, so Miss Malachi, she is definitely the bigger Beyonce fan of the two of us. I mean... I've spent more money because <laughs> how many times have you seen her? I've only seen her once, and someone and my mom okay, bought me that ticket for my birthday. You. So I've actually never paid to go see. Me oh, outside. girl, I paid floor seats. I was someone, someone kind of hoodwink. He didn't hoodwink me, but <laughs> and, I paid good money for her. And I've you've seen, seen her twice. And you've seen her twice. I, I, but I didn't see Baychella, so I feel like that loses me a couple points for not seeing that. Yeah, you're not a hardcore stan. I won't say you're a hardcore stan, no. but you're, you're a stan. You're a stan. You're not I respect, a hardcore yeah, stan. Yeah, I, I, I love the art. I res- also, it's like. For me, it's not just the artist; it's the the creation of Beyonce. I feel that same way about RuPaul. It's not always just a person; it's the art, it's the designers, the makeup artists, the the shadow writers that are actually writing that lyrics that you just sang. <laughs> the whole operation of Beyonce, I really respect it and enjoy it. And so, I actually like. I am a mid to high level fan, but I definitely have. <laughs> okay. I'm not a stan, but I do have because right. I have some like critiques of. Her that I like to keep to myself because I don't. She's a capitalist girl. Why would yeah. you keep it to yourself, girl? Well, well, actually, and I oh, have some. Tea I guess on around that. the right. Yeah, there's some. Yeah. I know some people who like. I was at a birthday brunch and somebody went. Somehow became Beyonce versus Solange, and I. I thought it would be easy as Beyonce, but it really got nasty real quick. So and see, um, I like Solange. I like her personality better, much better than Beyonce. But and you, I, yeah, because you don't even know Beyonce's personality exactly, anymore. and that's my main critique of her. Like, I don't. I feel like she's too reserved for the level of fame that she has. But but that I don't know if that's a valid mm. critique. It's just like something that I like Rihanna because she shows us who she is. She tells mm. us who she is. Or I like Solange because she lays it all out there. And Beyonce say like after she got out the elevator and put on that show you know after Solange came out there looking rough like I just beat this nigga's ass like Beyonce's still trying to save face and that's why I can be mm. lukewarm on Beyonce but she did it with Black is King though I, oh yeah I, yeah she really did it with Black is King like it was it was it wasn't overly hyped like it is everything people say it was it was visually mm. phenomenal the music was great but like 
you know, it really, I, w- I was in a, I was not in a great place earlier today with all the, all the news. And like, it took me mm. to a totally different mindset. Like, oh, I was wow. just so proud to be black. I just was just, it was just beautiful. It was just visually beautiful. It just made me like, damn, I'm a, I like, I, I felt really connected to like my African roots. And I, that's oh, something wow. I struggle with. Cause like, and you've I, never been to Africa, right? No, I haven't. We been talked to about me going to South. Are you, Sorry, you I have, haven't. Have, I haven't. Right. Yeah. And I'm I mean, a, I've been to South Africa. It, it barely counts. And I'm very <laughs> much an African. I'm very much a black American girl. Like, I'm not really an African sure, girl. I'm sure. a black Especially because when we're queens, we kind of know about Miss Africa. Don't always welcome us the same way she welcomes others. So Yeah. And see, it's funny because you, you haven't watched it yet. Because what's one of your fears or your reservations about her, about Miss Black is King? Because um, I was joking about the name, but it uh, kind of is a thing. Like... Why is it black is king? Or, or can it be black? Like, why isn't black is queen? Black is royal? Like, why? Like for me, I'm like, is it going to be very hetero? Is it going to be have some toxic heteroness to it? Like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on blackness. But like we talked about, I think last show or so, some often, or maybe two shows ago, oftentimes when we talk about blackness and especially the experiences of blackness, we're really just talking about hetero black men and I think to the detriment of black queer people and black women. And for this to be a project that's made by a black woman, I was just like, mm. so I, so I'm curious what, if that, yeah. how that goes. So, and also I'm like Disney plus I'm like, bitch, I kind of wish this shit was on title. I mean, but I'll get to that later. But anyway, yeah, so but you know, it is obviously thing? it's connected. It's a story of, I mean, it's connected to the story because of the Lion, Lion King, King, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. The Disney. I Plus bet. They, I wonder if they even threw some money into that too. Into I'm the sure they. Of it. I'm sure they did. I, I'm sure mm. they. There's. There's. They definitely because the production budget for that. That was. That was. She was. She you know. She was a coin. But mm-hmm. I feel like more than that. It doesn't feel very like super hetero or super hotep or anything when you're watching it. Okay. But I feel like they okay. could have incorporated more obviously invisibly queer and trans people into it. I okay. will give you that part of your critique. Are women it, there though? But and that's not even. I haven't watched it yet, so it's not even a hard like for me. I was heavy just, on I wasn't heavy on black women, like heavy. Okay. All right. Now, that'll be enough for black me too. Cis women. So uh. that's a good, so that's why it doesn't feel very okay. like, it's not cool. hotepy or anything. It's not. Okay. Cause that was a part where black, like it just sounded, it felt like a, and I'm sure some hotels are going to cling on to that piece, but yeah, that was, I think women, that, except for in, women are really centered in it. Like women oh, are right. for the most part okay. centered in it. It's not, it's women are centered in it. Like I will say okay. that much. So it doesn't feel hotepy or anything like that at all. But what what my revelation was, what my aha moment, okay, on some Oprah tees, like okay. aha <laughs> moment was, is like I because this is one of the critiques. Like no name that girl that no name girl because we won't even know she her name is no name but we won't even name her. And then wait, um, do I know who no name is? No name is a rapper slash Twitter activist type girl. Like and she came at Beyonce on some capitalism tees and. And uh, our anti-capitalism okay. tees. And okay. um, her critique wasn't super valid, though, once I watched it. And then also, like, you know, this other, like, real ugly queen that we know. Or we don't know her, but we know of her. She blocked us on Twitter because I came at her one day. <laughs> but she she oh, came. I know who that is. She came at some, she came at Beyonce and some anti-capitalism tees. And, like, actually what happened after watching this is I'm actually embracing being a black capitalist. And let me hear me out. I'm okay. a black capitalist girl. I am. Right. I And I, because I was definitely, and I, but I think, because I, 
like you and I talk about this, I don't feel like I feel like we need a hybrid of capitalism and socialism, like on some Denmark, Norway type tees. I don't uh-huh. feel like straight socialism works, but I feel like if we go to that model, it's gonna even if we go to that model, it's gonna reduce opportunities for black wealth creation. Like we're still gonna be screwed out of the pie because there's gonna be fewer opportunities for upward social mobility. And like seeing how Beyonce and Jay Z, there's just some ultra capitalist moments in it, and so that I will give the critique girls. But there's like some like because they use one venue they use they use the house that's in the bodyguard for some of the scenes. Remember that remember that movie, The Bodyguard, of course, with Whitney Houston. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know the house she lived in in there, and uh-huh. it, it was actually for sale in Beverly Hills for like a hundred plus million dollars a couple years okay. ago. Okay, they you they they shot scenes in there. And that was like, oh my God, that's actually really fierce. Like, I don't have to be a billionaire or anything, but I want to be a wealthy black queen to like really make some things happen for my community. I really, because I don't trust the government to make things happen for my community, even though that's the kind of scale we probably do need. I don't trust them to actually do it. I need to become a wealthy black queen to actually do things to empower my community. Like, and that is like, I really got that from that. I know that may not have been the ultimate message, but... It just kind of inspired me in that way. Because I think that, like, I yeah, I think we do agree on the hybridization probably being the more likely um, way forward. But I think I don't love the I don't love, because for me, capitalism is also about. I mean, this is like a whole another issue. But for me, capitalism is also about workers as products, which is a thing we talked about earlier this week, like offline. It's about using your workers and using bodies and not treating them as actual people. And I think that's a part of capitalism. Also it being competitive. Like it's also about constantly pitting people against each other. And I think that can happen inter-community as well. Like black people against other black people. I think that's partly why we're not seeing some until now more so, but why we haven't seen as much unification around BLM or around Colin Kaepernick. I think it's partly because of capitalism. Um, But I do understand the idea that, there is something that if you live in, you know, we still need a way forward. And especially with wanting to create wealth creation and build a legacy in the world we live in, we can't depend on our government to do that. Our government is killing us. So in some ways we have to protect ourselves, but, um, yeah. So yeah, like, that, think about that. If we can't count that, on the government, but, but we want to do socialism, yeah. but we can't count on the government. Like, it's there's going to be a huge limitations on what yeah. we can achieve, and I get, and I think that's the piece that you're kind of speaking to is let's say we even get to like you know that you know people that was my, my critique actually Bernie are like the kind of more socialist model is that without some race based solutions to the class model or to your class um, your class ideas you're just gonna yeah you'll try and help everyone out but because those systemic um, pieces are still in place. Black people, yeah, they'll get more money. They'll maybe get certain things, but they're still going to be left behind. They're still. They're, we cannot catch up on four hundred years. It's not possible. And yeah, that's I mean so the, the wealth year. gap. The wealth gap. So let's say they start socialism from this point going forward. White people, on average, still have a hundred thousand dollars more in their bank account than right. we do. So yeah. like, it'll never be an equal playing field. So capitalism, at least, or some version of social mobility, is the only way for us to catch up. Like I mean, for me, I think what I really want is that reparations. What I really want is our government to reflect us. What I really want is that, you know, repayment of those 400 years. But, you know, that's not, that's the, that's the work. That's the progress. And I think in the meantime, 
I guess there is something capitalist that can work. But I still just don't love that. You're just thinking about it in the capitalist perspective. But I get... And I think, I don't know. Beyonce, and then No I, Name, No Name, know. No Name critiqued Beyonce because she said, oh, well, you don't highlight how you, you don't highlight how like U.S. imperialism is actually hurting Africa. You don't, mm. you know, and I didn't feel like that was Beyonce's job because U.S. imperialism is still a white power structure, right? So mm. it's not necessarily Beyonce. Beyonce was trying to showcase, uh, you know, probably more so West Africa. She was probably trying to showcase some of the the beauty and the diversity of it yeah. and i don't think that was her job to make that political statement in this particular work because that yeah. wasn't maybe in a That's different fair. work but i don't think that was her job also girl okay. the venues like so obviously the the whitney the, <laughs> so the, the whitney, venues got you over the looks and the costumes oh the looks and costumes were amazing but i recognized so many of the venues and that was exciting oh. too because it was obviously the house from the bodyguard was one i think it was the house from the bodyguard it looks just like it okay and i think that i think they might have used that house in another famous movie i don't know whether it was like not the godfather but another one of those mm. uh mobster movies but they also use this venue in downtown la called viviana are you familiar with that venue no i'm not v- viviana no. is like an event venue slash wedding venue because i know no. because uh you know <laughs> i thought i might get my wedding day. <laughs> i i want if i get married i want to get married at viviana i love viviana oh, but the reason i know the reason I know Viviana is because years ago, Fish, uh, that we went to school with, she was deciding between wedding b- venues, and it was between Vib- Viviana and another venue, and I was kind of like helping her, you know, make certain choices. Oh, and I, I remember walked past that place. Okay, I just and never, yeah, I never. It's a convert. It used to be a church, right? And they converted yeah, it into an event yeah. venue, a and, cathedral. Of but it was like Viviana. so obvious as soon as I saw it, I knew it was Viviana because I love that venue. And I, Fish didn't. She didn't choose that venue. She chose the other one. But I remember Viviana being like my <laughs> choice, like the one i wanted to choose is it a lot of it filmed here in the states or or is it even now because i'm surprised that two of your venues are here in the states yeah in la (laughs) and like in la LA. more Hmm. acutely i mean i'm not surprised because i feel like they use a lot of greek i feel like a lot i don't i feel like beyonce i don't know if she i feel like they filmed a lot of scenes in africa but not necessarily with beyonce in them so I feel like Beyonce filmed her portions mostly mm. in LA and then on a, using a green screen. And that's a, that's a note. That's interesting. And some graphics. Mm. And, but I know that parts of it were definitely probably filmed in Africa. Just, I don't know if Beyonce mm. went to Africa and filmed. So. Well, I, I mean, I, that album's been out forever and I still haven't even listened to the album. Um, so I don't know why I've been off it. I think I just didn't love the Lion King tie. And I was like, ugh. I don't know. Um, but I will check it out. I mean, I don't have yeah, no... I should out. get Disney Plus for... I should get it. Because I'm like, I'm going to... The visuals are going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... And, yeah. and you know, I'm going to keep Disney Plus probably for one month. And then, Oh, Mulan is coming out next month, though. And I know you're a Mulan girl. The right? um, live action movie. Yeah. But you still have to pay $30 extra to watch So it. that's what they're doing. Because they're doing... I was talking with someone about Black Widow, the Marvel movie coming out, too. It's like, yeah, they're doing... But, I mean, technically, that was the idea a couple years ago that the studios were going to do was to actually... They were going to charge around $25, $30 for you to see these movies in advance. So they're kind of just bringing that model back the reason they dropped it was because the theaters basically um, rebelled and were like we're not going to show any of your movies if you try and change your our release your release window but now that's kind of what i mean i'm sure that's gonna be one of the lasting effects of corona is going to change the ways in which we 
go to public spaces and go to movies and how we consume entertainment so yeah and the theaters have lost all their leverage with covid oh yeah yeah. it's like well what do you want me to do i could that nobody can't and people were already going less because of netflix and amazon prime and all these other you know things so now yeah there's some theaters yeah you know that's why miss amc was like we don't care if you wear masks or not you just come through She was being um, lax. I'm a I'm a twice a year movie girl though. I'm not. A, I don't go to a lot of movies. I got to be honest. I started going more girl. because I got actually I started going to AMC because they had a monthly. You could get a pay, basically a monthly membership, and you were able to go almost see two or three movies a week. And of course, you never end up seeing that many movies that often. But I was really using it, so I was actually that AMC because I it was also right before the summer. I think I got it, so I was using it. But oh. I don't know, not. I mean, I don't know. When's, when do you think you're going to go to the I mean, let's be real. Because I'm, I'm waiting for them to release Wonder Woman. That's what I really want to see. Um, but, um, yeah, we're probably not going to the movies anytime soon. Yeah. I won't. I, sh- I should cancel that AMC. I should cancel that. Man. You still pay for that every month? <laughs> no. They suspend. I mean, a lot oh, of places. Okay, okay, I should yeah. check. I should check. I should check. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, girl, that's well, that's nice to have that to start off the show. Because when we get into this fucking news, bitch... <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll need to have that kept, you know, hold that close. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I say let's get into it. Let's get into the news, the good, the bad, the messy. Um, very messy. <laughs> we're gonna start with the messy, with some Atlanta tea. Um, I I wanted to cover this story. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but um, okay, I was about to be shady. I was no, well, bitch. I want to spend a couple of minutes on this. On this. Okay, because here's my thing. It was like we talked about. I don't want to be too shady. We talked about some recently elected New York Queens and some tea on them. Or, sorry, not recently. They recently won their prime. Yes. What? Right, run their Yeah, primary. they're going to be elected. Um, those are Democratic safe well, districts. They're going to be elected in November. And just how we're, like, really excited for it, but we also don't want these girls to embarrass us. Yes. And so here's an example of what happened of a girl embarrassing us. Miss um, Antonio Brown, Councilman Antonio Brown from Atlanta, he made history as the first openly bisexual city council member last year. He was the youngest member of the current council, the first black LGBTQ person ever elected. In um, Atlanta, which is like a Atlanta. super black gay city, right? Yeah. Relative that, to other actually, places. when I think about that, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, and he's but, sexy, you know, too. He is sexy. He's very well, handsome. And that was a little piece of it, too. No news got out, but there were some, like, he's fine. There were some photos of, like, some, you know, mirror photos. Oh, no there's news, some D, no underwear. Some any D? No, not D, no but D. like mirror okay. photos. That's why I was like, this isn't that scandalous. Oh. Like, you can't see the imprint. Like, it's not yeah, that deep. But, whatever. you know, he's a council person. So even like him taking shirtless photos is like, oh, my God, he's a council man. Um, he's but, still and he's a queen, though, good. and that's what queens do. I mean, queen, honey, yeah. you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. It's, it's, you know. So, and he's done some good work. Like, he was out in the streets. Um, he was out there protesting. He actually kind of got into it with Miss with Mayor Keisha Bottoms actually saying that like you need to be out here too and seeing what's going on like in when the protests were really getting started in march um and oh, so put, she's about that life in, in she was about in that may. life in may they started in may the oh protests. sorry i'm I thinking about corona starting yeah. in march yeah, yeah in may yeah. <laughs> girl the months the months they the all months. blend in don't they <laughs> i was yeah. like my, one of those in months what's something yeah. back in the day um and, you know, he was even, you know, putting out legislation, putting proposals on the table to stop the use of tear gas and rubber bullets. So he was doing the work. Um, and, you know, 
recently she's gotten into some trouble. So basically a federal grand jury just voted to indict her on multiple counts of fraud, including wire fraud, mail fraud, and bank fraud. Um, and with that bank fraud, that includes making false statements on a bank loan application. Uh, she basically opened several credit cards, made thousands of dollars of purchases, including a $60,000 car. Oh my God. Uh, which that sounds like Atlanta tea. Like, yeah, that is some Atlanta. <laughs> I, was just about to, I was just about to go into yeah, that. Yeah, yes. you're money you don't actually have. Yes. Um, that is Atlanta he, tea for um, sure. They're known the for bank. That. <laughs> well, that's some LAT too, but it's just. Yeah, definitely because Atlanta's blacker. I feel like people are really trying to floss over there. What you driving? Um, what you driving? Those Atlanta girls. Mm-hmm. What you driving, girl? What you mm-hmm. driving? That's how well, those girls are. She about to drive her ass straight to jail. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So this, you know, some of this other stuff. Like she did a credit card application, and basically she would, um, she would say like you know because a lot of times those thing you know those uh, applications ask your income. Basically, she lied about her income, lied about how much money she had, how many assets she had. I think she claimed she made $325,000 one year, and in truth, she only made one hundred twenty-five k. Now, at first, when I read all this, I was like, look at this messy-ass bitch. See, this is why we can't get nowhere with bitches like this. Now, I still think it's problematic, but I've come down on it a bit because this stuff ended up happening before she went to office. So that doesn't excuse it, but it just had me think about, like, you know, as as the people, we don't always ha- learn about, we don't always have the language around finances. And, you know, I have friends and family who take out bad loans and do different, and I'm not saying to excuse it. Like, there's definitely some shady things, but I bet she wasn't taught how to do the right things again i'm not saying that she wasn't shady and messy for doing this but i don't know yeah like, this stuff did happen like it, at least it didn't happen while she was in office um and i should say that she has proclaimed she's innocent i'm like okay girl <laughs> so all this is alleged 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 is all but you know the feds don't you know the feds like they when they got you or girl, something, they got you. and like this is a lot girl like this is wire fraud mail fraud bank fraud no but you fraud, don't girl. be okay so like they they all those charges probably stem from like three, two or three times of lying because the feds just they automatically they just add it. They add those mail yeah. fraud, wire fraud, yeah. Bank and it fraud. seems they, like they want to get yeah. And I get that, but it's still like it's it still looks bad, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um. And she's refused. She says she's not resigning. She has no plans to resign. She recently posted on Instagram. Um. You know the girls love. You know some queens love to. This is when they really do get saved. She said. Just when your enemy seems to have the upper hand, place your trust in God and realize that the day set for your destruction may be the day of your deliverance. So, um, I'm like, why are you involving our good Judy? She don't have nothing to do with any of this, but, um, (laughs) I don't know, girl. It, how do you feel about it? So I kind of feel mixed. I'm glad it happened before office, but it's not great, sis. It's not yeah, great. it's not, not great, great but I, I will give... I mean, this Atlanta girls, like, are known for fraud, right? Those Atlanta girls. <laughs> are they known for... I mean... Oh, for, like, which, trying to do the most. Yeah, yeah. credit yeah. card fraud and stuff. Like, I remember I was in Atlanta one time, and I was going to the Lenox Mall, and I made sure, like, every restaurant I go to in Atlanta... I'm already a, a cash girl. And the Lenox Mall is, like... It's, like, a night... I went there for the first... Because I've only been to Atlanta once, so I went, and I went to Lenox Mall. I and love it's, like, Lenox a nice upper-end mall what's that yeah. north is that i don't know how they the geography of atlanta but it's, it's in like it's up. in it's in um it's in uh what was uh, it was north of downtown atlanta b, it starts with a b what's that city that oh, little district girl. called oh 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're like blanking. I don't know why we're blanking on it. Yeah, I'm going to look it up while you keep talking. Buckhead. Right? It's in Buckhead, which okay, is like okay. a really upscale part of Atlanta. And you know, that's the mall with the Neiman Marcus and all that. She's an upscale mall. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I know in cute. Atlanta, like I try to use cash for like when i go to restaurants and stuff because those girls listen listen i have because an atlanta you're still putting the spending the money (laughs) yeah so like instead of a card it's like and i like when i i was i'm real ignorant like when i used to have queens as waiters at my at any restaurant even here in detroit i would use cash instead of a card oh even in detroit yeah why don't you trust your people because because what happened was there's a girl i went to high school with um (laughs) r.i.p this one queen you know i'm talking about my girl and she became she was a detroit girl with me we went to high school together and she moved to atlanta she went to emory and then she moved to atlanta and she used to tell me about all the credit card fraud all the queens used to do between detroit and atlanta and even in new york too but detroit and atlanta she's talking about all the time so she'd be like watch out for those queens watch out for those queens so like even even when i went to clubs here in detroit and sometimes the girls would want to introduce me to other girls. I would say, "Ooh, I don't want that girl knowing my name. I don't want those girls knowing my name." Because oh, I used to be no. afraid they would fake names. To I, girls? Yes, I would give fake names to girls, like because I didn't want. I thought they would use be identity thefties. Like I thought <gasps> I was a. But I, but how how would they do you take your identity if they don't have your car? Because you worried about them getting your wallet. I didn't even want car. them to have my government girl. <laughs> I didn't even want them to have my government because they could look up stuff. They could look up your ad. They can like get information. I didn't wow. even want. I didn't even want like a lot of queens to have my government name back in Detroit and like back in the That's day here so in Detroit real. or in Atlanta. Like, because the girl still like that girl. I'm kind of still like that actually, <laughs> a little bit. But like a queen, like I'm less like that. Yeah. But I have a little bit of residual tea like that. But oh, but the, so Atlanta girls are known for the fraud. So I'm not totally surprised. But she at least she didn't embarrass us because we had a Detroit. Okay, like in 2009, 2010. We had some Detroit teeth. Our black gay city council person was elected. And um, and he ended up going to prison on some, you know, like, pedophile type tees. Like, oh. And so oh. this oh, is no. not as bad as that. Oh, no. Yeah, that girl, mm-hmm. her name was Miss Charles Pugh. She's currently locked up. And she and, <laughs> and I this kn- girl might get locked up too. And but at least I knew not for her. I knew her because my mom used to be friendly oh. with her. But let me tell you what she allegedly did back in the day. Because she used to have these. Is old- it alleged if she still got locked up? She didn't get locked up for this though. So I got to say alleged. Uh- <laughs> but let me just tell you a story. So my mom's my mom was belonged to this organization. My mom and her best my mom's best friend is like president of the organization. And well, my mom's good friends. I should say. I should say. And they hired this queen when she used to be a news anchor here on our Fox affiliate. And they mm-hmm. hired her to do, to MC an event, like a fundraiser for them. And she mm-hmm. had a $500 honorarium. So that was cute or whatever, right? To do like, to MC it for an hour and a half, two hours. So okay. they paid her the $500 check. And she used to have all these young gay interns back in the day who were like 16 and 17, not even like 21 and 22 and 23 and 24. Like they would be 16 mm-hmm. and they would be high school age. So, anyway, it was a $500 honorarium, but next thing you know, they look in their account and 5000 is taken out of their account, girl. Because, so, allegedly, one of his interns had put an extra, like, remade the check and put an extra zero on it. I mean, that's kind of smart, though. Yeah. <laughs> <But. laughs> so, this is, that, this is that queen stuff in Detroit and Atlanta. This is that queen stuff. So, but then, yeah. but, so, but my mom's friend thinks that really Miss Pugh was up to that. 
and that she put the girl up to that. But the girl, because she was under 18, she took the fall for it because they couldn't really do much to her because she was under 18. <coughs> so, but did they get did they get the money back? But they got the money back from the bank, okay. and then, um, but my my mom's friend still to this day thinks it was the city the the girl who ended up getting on our city council. <laughs> And it's just so like Queens, my, I just have a family member who's a queen, an old queen, and she was kind of a fraudulent girl back in the day. So I so always. girl, don't do, you know, we got a large audience. <laughs> uh, well, a larger audience that I always <laughs> remember. And we can't be thinking like all black girls be robbing bitches. <laughs> I know, but it was like, and then, but. So but I, you know what, this, that, cause there aren't enough black girls in LA for that thing to be. But like, this feels like there's certain types of like, I mean, it's just. You know, trying to look a certain, trying to keep up appearances like that is a T for certain parts. Yeah, and but I think it's died down in recent years. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. And I, and I'm less wary than (laughs) I once was because I used to be like super, like I don't want that girl to know my name. I don't want those girls to know my name. I used to be crazy. I, I I used my middle name, girl. Okay, I was just, I was crazy. All right, we're moving on. Anyway. Uh, but we're going to keep Miss Antonio. I mean, we're going to see if our good Judy, Miss G.O.D., looks out for her. But, um, yeah, she's in, you in danger. But she's still on city council, so, you know. Oh, she, well, we'll God bless her. Yeah. I wish her the best. Mm-hmm. I want her, just like Trump said about fight that. Fight this girl. That fight this girl. Because white girl. people get away with shit yeah. all the time. So, yeah, don't bizarre, bitch. That's right, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Stay in there. Stay in there. Miss DJT is under investigation in New York, and she's not resigning. So, you don't. Sure not. Don't resign, girl. For the same type of tea for wire fraud and That's bank right. fraud. That's right. We're not resigning no more. Misty JT's under investigation by the Manhattan District Attorney for the same exact thing, girl. So don't you don't you resign. Don't you do nothing. Fight that case. Beat the feds, mm. girl. For one, we should tweet our support of her. We should yeah, tell her we we're should. rooting for you, girl. We should. All right, we're gonna do that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so this next story. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm playing? I'm about to really tweet out. I, mean, I, she's real, I believe you. She's real fine, girl. I might slide in those DMs. And, and I like, support I'm that. For you. And I'm I support for that, you. girl. I support that. Not only do I agree, but I support it. <laughs> Such a bitch. <laughs> Hate you. Um, so this next one <laughs> is um, truly good news. It's good news. Uh, Miss Portland. You want to do this one? Girl? Yeah. So, okay. So obviously last week we talked about, obviously, the, you know, the unnamed federal agents who Gestapo Gestapo type T's like were um, guarding the federal courthouse in Portland but also being heavily aggressive you know using tear gas uh, on like protesters. away f- like the courthouse ain't even in sight and they out there beating people and abducting them beating so. people uh, you know abducting people into cars and taking them off and probably not even reading them their rights like nope. you know Gestapo t- and not even telling them what they're being arrested for Sure not. So this is like totally like way out there fascism type tease. And um, but actually now Vice President Mike Pence and other senior administration officials were negotiating with Oregon's Governor Kate Brown to begin withdrawing federal tactical teams from Portland. So last Wednesday, uh, Governor Brown announced that the federal law enforcement agents guarding the federal courthouse in downtown Portland would begin withdrawing as early as Thursday the following day. Uh, and she said, we know where we are headed. Complete withdrawal of federal troops from the city and the state. Now, Miss DJT gave a little bit of pushback on this when she was asked about it. And when a reporter said, oh, so are you withdrawing troops from Portland? And she's like, oh, that's not true. It's not true. We're not doing it. And of course, that was a lie. They are they are drawing the, mm-hmm. the federal troops mm-hmm. down. Um, but yeah, they've been, they basically ceded to let the state, like the state, um, state troopers and stuff take over some of that role. Yeah. And so... 
That was that's actually you know a good sign, but I don't know. Are these troops still coming to Chicago and Detroit, girl? Because that I completely forgot about that bit. <laughs> this week is this week's be going, girl. I forgot about that, girl. They, I mean, they probably don't want to go to Chicago. I don't I, know that they because I, I mean it really wasn't. It was it was I so many I was reading so many stories about how in some ways this made people want to protest even more. Not only did it reignite the protests that were already happening, there was a story about like a white man, a vet, who literally was like, I drove an hour to go there <laughs> and like go fight, like go go see this shit for myself. And he and he literally then said, he's like, okay, now that they're gone, like I'm going to keep supporting BLM from home, but let some federal officers show up in another city and I'm going to go drive there. Like, that's the tea. So like, he's I think about this, that life. Cause, he's Because I think down, that's what it is. Down, it's like, bitch. That's awesome. Like people, yeah. I think, nat- I mean, because it's like, you know, white people are, it's not white people are only going to go so far, but I think seeing like, oh, like you're like, you're just going to attack a white man who's a vet in the middle of the street who's not doing anything and you're, you don't have no tech. Like you're, what are we doing here? Like I think that took it over the edge. I mean, in some ways it's kind of like well, nice they consider to them, see that there's yeah. limits that, so I'm not sure. I If they do, I bet they're not going to send it to the same level or they're going to do it more quietly, but. Well, I let mean, me say this. The feds, the, the, you know, the Trump administration, those girls, they consider those white people nigger lovers. Like, that's literally, like, what they have Ooh. in the back of their mind. The feds do. Uh. When they, like, the girls, like, the vet who says he's going to put himself on the line for Black Lives Matter and the, the, mom, the white moms. I almost felt like some of those girls weren't truly, like, yes, they were out there for BLM, but they were also kind of being like, this is not how we do this. Like, you're not supposed to be doing stuff like that. Either way. Uh, you still think way, they're like they're, oh they're not okay. they're not they're not they are fighting whiteness in some way or another right so mm. once you mm. once you fight That's whiteness a fair point. once you fight whiteness you're their enemy whether you're okay. white or not if you're on fair. the other side of whiteness you're their enemy right mm. that's why they consider That's white fair. democrats to be the en- enemy like when mm. you fight white whiteness you're not their friend Right, whether okay. you're white or not. So you just got to think about it that way, too. Whiteness is the overwhelming force that they are fighting for. Like, mm. with the Trump administration, like these federal troops, that's what they're mm. fighting for. And if you're against whiteness, you're against them, you know? Mm. That's um, So, but yeah, I think that... So we'll just have to monitor this to see whether, you know, there ends up... Because they said that the goal in Chicago and in Detroit is not to fight you know, protests, because there's really barely any protests here in Detroit still. There's, they're sporadic, but they're not anything like the Portland protests. So they said that their mm-hmm. goal here is going to be crime fighting. So maybe, okay. <laughs> so maybe they'll work in concert with local law enforcement rather than acting as like Gestapo forces. We'll have to see how that works. We'll wait, see. We'll see. Wait for the vi- we'll wait for the videos. Um, yeah, girl. So then this next one is one that I'm surprised is not talk being talked about as much. And I think it's just because there's such a low, um, it, there's such, it, it takes time for um, us to get to this point with some of these cases. But this Michael Brown verdict, um, you know, Michael Brown was a young man um, who was shot by that fucking white, I think Darren, whatever. Darren officer. Wilson. Officer. I knew his full name. I just yeah. don't want to say it. Oh, okay. uh, but um, in Ferguson, Miami, Miami, Ferguson, Miami, Lord, Ferguson, Missouri, which really sparked off protests back then. I, I'm blinking on. When did this happen? 2014. Uh, it was in 2014. 2014. Damn. Damn. So literally this verdict is coming out because um, 
what happened was, you know, the um, six years ago, the grand jury declined to indict Darren Wilson. Um, and ultimately, like, his mother and civil rights leaders, they were able to get a black prosecutor um, and the county's first black prosecutor to reopen the case in 2019. So, but ultimately, even with a black prosecutor, um, the verdict was that they weren't able to um, do anything to Mr. Wilson. Yeah. That they couldn't, he couldn't prove that uh, it was clear um, that he had planned to commit murder and manslaughter under Missouri law. So, I think that? I think the Michael Brown case was going to always be one of the tougher ones for us. And I remember, like, this was the one where, like, he had kind of talked about how he felt like he was like a monster or like a demon coming at him, right? Yeah, but I think this was going to be a tougher one for us to get an indictment and well, a, much, a, a conviction, much less an indictment on because, mm. or much less the reverse, a uh, conviction or a conviction, an indictment, much yeah. less a conviction, because oh, got it. the reason being is, I guess you know there, obviously, I guess there was some back and forth between him and Michael Brown, and that he was always going to be able to use the self defense narrative, mm. that, and I guess there was that in the Trayvon Martin case too. But the thing is that George Zimmerman wasn't a cop, right? He was just mm. a vigilante acting as like a fake wannabe cop. So I feel like we we had a better shot of getting a conviction there and we didn't get one than in this case where you have an actual cop and there was some back and forth and yeah cuz that qualified that qualified immunity um I think I think this interesting thing is that even with the new prosecutor that um so this is both true for the last prosecutor and the new one the black one that both their fathers are police officers and I think I say that because I think there's something where, you know, Francesca Ramsey, who's um, big on Twitter, she does these decoded videos where she kind of takes a different snapshot at, you know, like, oh, like why? She's an MTV you know, girl too, systems. right? She's been an MTV yeah, girl yeah, for a MTV, long time. Yeah, it's an MTV show. So it recently came back and she actually was talking about, you know, police and qualified immunity. Um, and they're actually doing a whole, their new art series is all focused on like police and things like that. But just looking at the fact that the it's not, we're just, sometimes we, I think we, I think we're moving away from it with current BLM, but I think there's been so much focus on police, but to remember that the whole system, like including the courses, including the prosecutors, that all of it is, you know, set up a certain way to not to protect those people. And I think that, you know, prosecutors, the same people who are going to be going after these police often work with police officers yes, to yes. get, you know, criminals. So it's like, it's not really set up in a way for accountability. I think that's the point that I was kind of making the fact that like this man, even this new black prosecutor, even a black person as a police officer, even a black person as a prosecutor doesn't mean that the system is going to reward us are going to be fair. So We have this issue here because we actually have... A uh, an election here today in Detroit. We're recording on Tuesday. Obviously, the show comes out the next day on Wednesday. But today on Tuesday, we had a uh, primary. Well, not yeah, I guess it is a primary election for Wayne County prosecutor, and we mm-hmm. have an incumbent, and she's a very like she will lock your ass up. Like she loves mm-hmm. locking people up. You know, Kim Worthy. Um, and she's a a black person. She's a black woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a black woman. And I mean, she, that was the critique against Miss Kamala. Come on, and, come and on, we and come so on. we have a much younger, uh, a much younger kind of more progressive 
a woman named Victoria Burton Harris running for a prosecutor here. And I voted for Victoria Burton Harris because I just feel like we have too much of an aggressive prosecutor culture here in Detroit and Wayne County. And I just feel like we need, you can't be blindly reelecting your prosecutors. We, we really need progressive, like Philadelphia, for instance, has a very progressive prosecutor who won, who came into office, I believe it was last year. And that has mm. made all the difference in terms of like whether Black Lives Matter protesters get arrested or not, you know. Mm. And because we definitely had made, we had a lot of arrests of protesters here in Detroit. Some I don't think were warranted. And, mm. but we have, of course, this aggressive prosecutor here. And we need to get her out of office. Now, I, I don't. I do think she's going to get reelected because the white people love her. But <laughs> and that is just so unfortunate. That and she's that's, like a and tool that's that of part that. Of it. It's like law and order. It's that protection of whiteness. That yes, keep talking about because she's the prosecutor for the whole or county. White supremacy, I should say, not just Detroit. And so the county wow. is majority white, mm. even though Detroit is the center of it. Like the county is mm. majority white, and it's the tenth largest county in the country, Wayne County, Michigan. But it's like. It's a mostly white county. It has like two and a half million people and it's a mostly white white county. So they love mm. her. I see when I go in the suburbs, I see lawn signs for the incumbent prosecutor on their lawns. Like, mm. you know, they love seeing black people locked up. They really do. Especially by a black, because then it's like, it's, if it's by a black woman, be like, well, what what you got to say? Exactly. It's, it's not us. Exactly. Y'all doing it. So, And this is an argument even in my own family, because of course, you know, like family members I have that are older are friends with her, know her. She's a, she's a Delta. She's, it's all that kind of tea, right? But mm. so of course they have to vote for her just because she's, you know, my family members and friends that are Deltas have to vote for her just because she's a Delta or Respectability because they know her because she's the same age group as them. You know, it's just some bullshit. Yeah. Generational. Well, it is. You know, we talked we, about that we gotta, last week. We did. So this next one, I think, is an uh, interesting one. Uh, I don't know. It's bad or good. I think it's worth, you know, touching on. The, last week, there was a hearing with the big tech companies, so including Jeff Bezos from Amazon, uh, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Oh, I'm not even going to butcher the Google CEO's name. Yeah. Uh, I also can't. I can literally can't see it in front of me. Uh, so I'm not. That's that part of it. Um, I think Twitter, Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of Twitter, wasn't there. Um, by the way, he's been other times. Yeah, many um, other times too. Was so. it was it Sundar? Was the one? Yeah, who was Sundar. There from I, like I okay. saw the suit, but I was like, let me not. I, I feel like if I get it wrong, it's even worse because it's like <laughs> it's like a um, a, a different name. Um, oh, so in the mi- was the Microsoft CEO there Satya Nadella too? I think he was. I there don't too, think right? Microsoft was there, but I can't remember. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of I the conversation was, was okay. So a lot of the conversation was focused on um, <clears throat> Facebook and um, Amazon. Um, for the Dim, it's so interesting to see that party division. So I felt like for the Dims, it was all about antitrust, like especially for Amazon, even for Facebook. It's like here you are buying up companies. You literally are the size, your influence is the size of a country. You can bank or break elections. Are you too powerful? Um, and then for the Republicans, it was garbage. Of course, they started off saying, we don't mind being big. We don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but we're more worried about your anti-conservative bias. Why don't my congressional emails um, get to my, you know, the people I'm um, trying to get to vote for me? Why does it go to their spam? Like, Girl, that shit happens. <laughs> Literally, like yeah. a Democrat, a Democrat on the panel was like, "That shit happens to me too." <laughs> yeah, like so. most of my like political emails go into this one folder. Like I, I don't even hardly see any of them. Like I see so few of them from political candidates. Like it's unreal. 
like Google, uh, like Gmail just puts them in a folder because they know I don't. Yeah, really I mean, open that, and I think it literally this, this was for Google CEO Sundar. So it's like, girl, it's Gmail, child. Like I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but um, I think. I had a friend ask me, like, why kind of not feeling like, why is this hearing important? And I do think, like, from this, what happens from this hearing, this, um, the committee that did this hearing, they will do a report. And from there, potentially from that report, legislation or actions can be taken. So this hearing is kind of almost like a scene setting. And I think why it's important is because the last hearing, girl, they had bitches like, uh, I shouldn't, well, bitches, um, Mr. Orrin Hatch of Utah. They had senators, old yeah, a bitch. ass that's senators a, that's up a, there. That's a bitch. <laughs> You had that's it right the first time. He, former, former senator. I think he's not a senator. Oh, yeah, I think Mitt I think he's a lame him, right? duck. I think he's still lame, a senator. Oh, he's a lame duck. I think, duck. A lame okay. I think so. Um, up there asking Facebook how they make money. So, like, this new hearing, though, oh, these, these they weren't playing. Again, generational thing. So, um, oh, God, I wish I had. I should have written down some of the names of the Congress people um, who were going in on them, but they had facts. They have figures. Like, even if you don't feel like listening to the whole hearing, I think it's worth at least, um, you know, looking at the highlights. Cause they were really asking them, like, why do you, do you think your plat for Amazon? Do you think your platform is fair? Like around competition? Like, are you using the data that you have from third party sellers against them? And some of them, even admit like Jeff Bezos is like, well, technically maybe we do. Um, so I think what this is also just showing that, you know, government's always behind technology, you know, and it's showing that it's starting to catch up and, you know, the tech companies have even such enormous um, influence and it's increased even more so with coronavirus. Cause it's literally the only way we're connected to each other is through tech. Um, but and I think this is, a moment of just yeah, I was just gonna say I think this is that moment of them starting to be like we're looking at you and we think there are some red flags again it may be too little too late but right. it's still something and it's also like this is that first step in maybe some legislation like do I think oh now the tech companies are gonna get broken up well it depends on who gets in office in the fall but at the very least maybe there's gonna be more oversight more accountability but let um, me but let me say this is the argument that the tech companies made against breaking them up they said, okay, we're, we know that we are behemoths and that we're, you know, these huge conglomerates. If you break us up, U.S. tech will not be able to effectively compete against Chinese tech. So they made an American patriotism argument. Now that, and that was the thing that I think was one of the highlights. It's like all of them, because they know who's in office right now, all of them made it clear. Oh, Apple. I forgot Apple was there as well as Cook, which, you right. know, Apple, Trump came at Apple was that a couple of years ago? I think about how much that they were um, offshoring jobs and yes. production, and they and, and they they made a plant in Texas to appease. Yeah, them, child, right? they changed that. So I think a lot of them. I think that's one of the things that was noted was they started off the conversation by saying they are American companies. They are good for the country. They are good for you know the West. Um, so I think that's fair. I think that's still kind of deflection, but yes, that is something. Um, and that kind of gets into um, I guess, well, I guess it's yeah. the last quick the thing TikTok I'll say on was also yeah. like an issue of, you know, obviously we all know last Friday Trump told reporters on Air Force One that he was planning to ban TikTok and so that initiated, you know, all the all the white girls and you know, white queens on TikTok and white heteros who make the <laughs> dancing videos and make money off of black culture, they all scrambled because they were scared they were going to lose their, you know, major income source 
Um, so follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram for the TikTok <laughs> ban. You know, I saw a bunch of that. Um, but no, but uh, basically, this is actually not just Trump. It's actually a bipartisan initiative because even Chuck Schumer, who's the Senate Democratic leader, um, he, you know, he support he supports the TikTok ban as do other Democrats in the Senate because they worry about Chinese, uh, you know, the Chinese about the data, yeah, about yeah. the data, about the Chinese government having access to American user data of the social media platform. And so I think I personally am also reticent about it. Like I actually, oh yeah, yeah, you like to, you want to delete our account? I, I, this is something I. I won't say I support, but if it gets, you know, TikTok out of Chinese hands, at least the American version of TikTok out of Chinese hands and keeps our data like safer from the Chinese government, I support it. Because, you know, I'm a little hawkish on China. I got a little bit of that on in me. Yeah, I mean, well. But yeah, but so Microsoft was given (laughs) until September 15th to make a deal to buy the American rights uh, to TikTok. And actually that... Um, that deal that Microsoft is, you know, negotiating with ByteDance, the Chinese company that owns TikTok, it actually would include rights in a number, number of other countries that are reticent of their... Like Europe, right? Yeah, some places yeah. in Europe, but mostly or like some, Australia. Yeah, not a country. But, mostly like yeah. Australia, New Zealand, and some mm. other, you know, westernized countries outside of Europe. And so, um, and so Microsoft would be buying the rights. I think ByteDance would actually still own a lot of the rights in Europe, even after the deal. Oh, okay. So to to basically own tiktok in europe i th- i hope microsoft would be able to buy the entire company out but i don't think that's going to be realistic yeah and i also almost don't think like i don't think china will let that happen like because that that was this interesting thing about tiktok making this note about like oh we're moving our um we're moving our headquarters from or we're moving our location from hong kong but their headquarters are actually in beijing um and in the same year you know india recently i mean it probably was also about you know there was that a border I'm just dispute, there's like, a, a border dispute between India and China right. but so that I'm sure that factored in but India has banned TikTok um in all other Chinese I, apps all other Chinese apps too yeah and I think yeah so that's I think that's a larger just I think China's place in or just how people are viewing China has really changed um and I think this you know a lot of people were like well Trump can't technically ban TikTok because he's always like oh I'll just do an executive order and but what can actually happen is there's this thing called the committee on foreign investment in the united states it was founded by gerald ford miss 38th um our 38th president uh and it's an interagency committee that reviews like implication national implications of foreign investments so actually it was this committee that's the reason that grinder for those of y'all who are queens the reason why grinder stopped being a chinese owned company is because of what happened with this committee and they can't like outright ban like it literally tiktok is a free app but they can like do things around like where the data is kept or basically you know levy fees and find other ways of basically saying like we're make make it more difficult for them to function in the u.s and it's in that respect in that way they can kind of ban them and they can Uh they can place them on something called the entity list which basically is a list of blacklisted companies that u.s companies cannot export things to so like Mm. basically one of the things they can do like if he wouldn't be able to because tiktok obviously is a free service in the united states if he could technically um like because if he can't ban them what he could do is he could make it okay apple and google you can't give them ios or android Mm. updates so basically that make the app unusable on these operating systems on our phones 
Or he yeah. could tell U.S. advertisers, oh, well, you all can't give money to TikTok for advertising. So basically it makes it unprofitable for them to operate in the U.S. if they can't yeah. run ads here. So he can do things to cripple their operations here in the U.S. even if he can't outright ban them using an executive order. Just because they're not supplying goods, you know, or paid services to us here, you know, that makes it tougher than a company like ZTE or Huawei, who I forget, I don't even know how to say it, but those companies that actually make hardware and make phones and make, you know, devices, like it's more, it's easier for him to ban those than it is to ban TikTok, which is providing a free service. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So interesting one to watch. We'll let you know if we delete our account. Um, so this last one, um, I think is kind of good news because it just confirms what I think a lot of us have already kind of thought about Miss DJT. Um, this is an interview that she did with Axios, which is a kind of a new tech company that was started by um, some former political, which is like a news and politics website, um, former political people. Um, so she did an interview today. Was that today? God, this week's girl. Was that yeah, today? Well, the interview, I think, was conducted maybe on, like, July 25th. Oh, right. It was in July. It just yeah, aired, July 28th. But it aired 28th, today. 28th, okay. It aired today. 28th. Yeah. yeah, it aired on HBO. Um, and it was done, it was between DJT and Jonathan Swan, who's um, the national correspondent there. He's more of a print person, but... He's emailed um, TJT before, way back in 2018, which he got some critiques for that because he was kind of um, a bit too gotcha. De- deferential? Yeah. Or, okay. Deferential, a bit too um, friendly, I think. Some people yeah. also critiqued him about, like, literally about policies and kind of not thinking about the effects of policies that DJT was talking about at the time. But, I mean, he's broken a lot of stories. He broke the story about, like, Nikki Haley's resignation, who was originally the U.N. ambassador. Um, He broke stories about us pulling out of the Paris climate deal. So he's been doing some good work. And she's kind of, she's this, I think she's kind of a cute Australian daddy. I'm not going to lie. Oh, he's from Australia. Oh, yeah, you didn't hear the accent, girl? I I can't tell the difference between British and Australian sometimes. (laughs) I can't. I can't always. Sometimes I can. Not in that case, I couldn't. I can't do, like, South African or, like. In Australian. Those are close. Australian, I can definitely do Australian. Like, I I feel, versus, like, especially parts of Europe, like, Australians just sound. Yeah, I guess it can be a little. His his isn't strong. His isn't strong. And he's young. He's, like, 34, I think. Yeah, I didn't realize he was Um, that young. But he is so sexy. Oh, my gosh. So, at first, I was like, okay, let me just try and watch some of the highlights and then I was like let me just watch this and it's so funny what I got a text receipt from one of my friends who ended up watching it as well and she's not the type to watch this sort of thing and it it he kind of asked what he kind of basically asked every question I've ever wanted to ask Trump and I basically got answers that I kind of knew I would get um and it is um one thing that a couple things stood out to me and I'm really curious what you thought about it one is that only a white man could do this right, interview. Right. Um, and a straight white man. But mm-hmm. I, oh well, I don't think, but definitely a white man could only. And I think because there's something there about the ways in which he also is able to say, almost to work on 
understands Trump's psych enough that he, in order to even be able to ask questions or get through them, he kind of has to flatter him a bit or to understand like, oh, I know that you talk about, um, what is it, the positivity mantra, like to almost kind of yeah. like stroke his ego. He's the first person that I ever actually saw, because I always thought that Trump used that mantra because the way he speaks is always like, we're doing great and we're doing, I, didn't, mm. I knew it was more than just egomania. I knew that he was using that positive thinking mantra that was developed at you know an esteemed university that we may or may not have attended but um but i knew he was using that positive thinking mantra and this is the first reporter that has ever actually uh, you know elucidated that trump actually does use that philosophy Mm -hmm. so that was and then to tie it yeah and then to tie it to to be like okay i get that and to respect that like okay and that works in certain commercial aspects or if you're doing real estate but when we're talking about a pandemic where thousands of people are dying every day that's where it's failing. And to like right. hold his feet to the fire and be factual and say a thousand people are dying every day. I mean, there was this great exchange about like numbers, about, you know, looking at the proportion of people dying in terms of the number of cases versus looking at the proportion of people dying in terms of the population and how that, you know, that kind of telling that different story. And that's how they do this, that the way they yeah. tell facts and spin it. But then for him to just kind of go back to this footnote, but a thousand people are dying every day. And just to be clear about like, no, that's not right. And I think it was, I've seen some he of the other He was fact checking him in real time to some degree, which that, is what... And that's what needs to yeah. happen. Because it's not, a, I think a lot of the news sites, and I think that's what they kind of learned to do is they started doing these post fact checks right. that almost of like, okay, well, here's all the lies that Trump did tell. And here's the actual truth. But in some ways with the speed that we consume information, that's too late. Yeah, like yeah. you need to do it in time. And like, he just was so savvy about how he was doing it. And also the, I think the ways in which he was, I, I well, maybe, and then maybe the, I bet I could see how like that 2018 interview could have gone, been disliked, especially by more establishment news um, worker and uh, workers, news um, figures. But he was almost kind of the way he was almost kind of like cheeky isn't right the word, but kind of like s- smiling. Like even Trump even kind of called him out on like, oh, you're kind of laughing. Like yeah, he did almost to be like, and I think that was almost the way, but not to not in a way that like I'm laughing at you, but I'm kind of like. Like the, his facial expressions, like through yes. like, like or a lot of side eye, a lot of. So, what do you think, girl? I'm actually glad he did that flattering interview in 2018 because that's probably how we got the second interview. That's probably Ooh, how we got because I literally interview. I was watching this and I literally was like I can't like because he I think, won't get you know, another one. He won't get another one. Oh you know no, yeah, no, yeah. no 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 bitch! Yeah. But neither, I literally was like because occasionally. Wallace. I occasionally he'll get go on Chris talk. I mean, but I'm like, how did he? I literally kept thinking, like, how did he get this interview? And this is on, yeah. How, on I was literally like, how did he get it? Yeah, I think and, it um, because he buttered him up the first time. That's how you how he got the second one. So he took that. Yeah, he took that took L. He took that. He so Trump took the bait, but then Jonathan Swan took that L. And mm-hmm. you know the berating from the news media, but then look at the he redeemed himself in this one. Mm-hmm. And I just think it was a few really important moments, like when he really kept pressing Trump about the death rates, and mm-hmm. Trump finally said it is what it is. You know, we were Ooh. talking about that earlier, like, mm-hmm. and that's just like kind of very dismissive of like these thousand people dying a day, and this now nearly one hundred sixty thousand people who died mm-hmm. from coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And then also when he came at him about John Lewis. Um, and Trump was trying to push that. Well, I've done more for the African Americans and the Black Americans since Lincoln. And he kept saying, "Well, do you think John Lewis is a hero? <laughs> do you think?" And then he got Trump to say that John Lewis has done a lot for civil rights, but he 
couldn't get Trump to say that John Lewis was a hero or how history well, I mean, would view him. He couldn't get him he to wasn't say gonna it. Say he wasn't going to say it because he was still upset that he didn't come to his inauguration. And it's like, wow, there, he frames there everything it is. in terms of There's himself. narcissism. You did, yeah, exactly. He was um, worried about his inauguration. He was worried about his State of the Union speech. Did John Lewis attend those things? That's what he was thinking about. So he... And he... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he basically, you know, he, he basically showed his cards. Like, I am a mm-hmm. narcissist. That's... And I mean, like, when he would say, like, oh, I read a lot of books. It's in books and manuals about how testing increases, you know, we're doing too much, or we're doing so much testing. And that's why we have these so many numbers. And he's like, what manuals? Like, what books? Like, tell me right now, what are those manuals? What are those books that you're talking about? Um, hearing him talk, ask him, like, do you read your daily briefs when he was talking to him about Russia? Uh, he's like, well, no, that was in your brief. So did you know about this? Like, really just, at, but it's like, he not got, he's the first one to get him to admit. That he didn't talk to Putin about, you know, the bounties mm-hmm. that Russia was putting on American soldiers' heads and, and paying the Taliban to kill American soldiers. Because all the other times, the, the White House press office would just say, we don't talk about, you know, foreign leader phone calls with the president. And they always, you know, tried to circumvent that question or didn't answer it. And this is the first time that someone has gotten him on record saying, I believe, got him on record saying he did not discuss that with Putin. So mm-hmm. that was that was... You know, that was an admission of, that was basically an admission of guilt too. Like he probably purposely avoided talking about that. Yeah. For whatever and reason. Even, and even like him talking about the BLM, like about have you, like, have you met with anyone from Black Lives Matter? Like, um, you know, and him talking about the, um, the kneeling of George Floyd, like, and him even kind of like pressing him about like, but do you think this is systemic? Like, is there a problem with the police? And him kind of going to that conservative talking point of like, well, more white people get killed by the police. And he was ready for it. Well, actually, but, you know, talking about proportions, like the number of times black people or black men get killed is that much more. And like, here's that George Floyd example. Like, what is it about that? Um, And I mean, I don't think there's anything that was a surprise in this, but... Yeah, there wasn't. A lot of it has always been inferred. It's always been inferred. So it's kind of like nice to hear that like... Okay, you're that person, and you are definitely you are the, the white supremacist president. So, and if we can just chip away like any little like swing vote or any little complicit white woman who voted for him maybe in 2016 and didn't watch that interview and was like, do I really want to vote for this man again? Like, even if it's just you know 10,000 voters in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, or even just 5,000, if we can just chip away at some of those like suburban white women. Who just are like, mm, I'm a little tired of this bullshit. Like, it was yeah. this interview was a win for that reason, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's about 37 minutes. Um, I think, even though I didn't want to, I think it's still worth it uh, if you can stomach it. Um, there are some transcripts, not of the whole interview. And of course, there's a lot of clips, especially around the it is what it is. But I don't know. It's I think it's, so worth, it's, it's a defining worth interview for me. It's so. worth the watch for sure. Yeah. And let me just, while we're talking about fact-checking in real time, let me fact-check myself in real time. Um, Orrin Hatch is retired, so you were correct the first time. He's not a lame oh. duck. He's retired. Mitt Romney's in his seat now. Got uh, it. Okay. And then the other thing, Sadia Nutella, the CEO of Microsoft, you're right. He was not at the at the hearing. Look at me. Occasion, girl. Yeah, girl. I just like the one time. The one I time. Because <laughs> I'm usually, usually the one who always has encyclopedia knowledge, yeah. encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> usually, but yeah, you were right this time. Uh, you were did it. more prepared. I got that you go, one girl. Win, bitch. You Finally, did that, ho. Bitch. Finally. <laughs> About time, Look bitch. at her. Uh, <laughs> won't she do it? <laughs> won't she do it? Oh, man. So, 
Uh, moving along. So we're not going to do listener mail this week. We did get some messages in, but I think what we're going to do is an all listener mail show. So I want to encourage you all who are listening or lurking to say hi, come up, you know, come up in our inbox, you know, leave us a question, leave us a comment, tell us a story, um, give us something for the show. Um, Miss Keisha, you sent us some things um, and we are going to answer them, girl. So trust. We didn't yes, forget about she you. She sent us some great questions. She yes. really did. So, um, so we're going to do that show in the next week or two. So you got a little bit of time, but yeah, so send us some, um, some stuff, fill up our box and where you can send those things is to ask them a-s-k-t-h-e-m at two save queens.com with that um this was a heavy show so i'm so glad we had the spirit of beyonce with us in the beginning to make it through you can go into our thoughts and prayers so mine i'm gonna go through these oh god i literally thought again like i said girl these weeks this this time that we're living in but we're here to fight through it with y'all so i got a couple thoughts a couple prayers um my thoughts obviously (laughs) i forgot that this even happened this week but this was the week that miss tjt talked about posse delaying the election i feel like it was just another way of um deflecting and a distraction from the horrible economic numbers that this has been a horrible quarter for us aka girls start saving up because that recession our depression is coming with that, though, you know, he's talked about how, you know, they want to sue Nevada over mail-in voting, and Obama talked about voting in the eulogy for John Lewis, and I just want y'all to really be thinking about making sure to check um, where you're registered to vote, and to make sure, I think the point was made by Miss Jonathan Swan, I'll call him Mr., because that's my daddy, Mr. Jonathan Swan, <laughs> yeah, about yeah. how it's not so much that you're, you just get, you know, the ballots just sent to you, but you get an application to do mail and voting. So make sure you get that shit correct. Don't wait till the last minute on it because this is not the election to miss. With that out of the not, way, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, um, with that out of the way, I got my prayers. Two weeks ago, um, federal judge Esther Salas, um, I think it was um, she lost her son um, who died defending his father and technically his mother as well, when a men's right activist, a lawyer who didn't agree with one of her decisions, came to her house and shot. Um, he died and his um, father... He, a Trump supporter, Should we, we should add, uh, a Trump supporter, yes. I mean, those are the times we live in. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, she recently just did a video um, this Sunday about what happened. I didn't expect that I would watch it, but I found myself watching it um, and really being affected by it. Um, obviously there's something people are going to be looking at as protecting not to say that I'm always thinking about the courts matter and not to say that like you know there are institutions that sometimes do hurt us as black people but this just resonated with me as a real loss um, so definitely have my prayers with her um, and her husband who's recovering um, and still in the hospital I still think still in the hospital yeah in critical condition um, and yeah her son was 20 years old an aspiring 20 lawyer. years old they were, they were just celebrating his birthday That I think that part got me they were just yeah. celebrating his birthday they and they're, they're, she's yeah. Latinx FYI like she's yes, a Latina yes. And this, like, white men's rights activist and Trump supporter, he didn't like a decision she made. He he disguised himself in a FedEx uniform, um, and he came and he just opened fire on her son and her husband. So when yeah. they opened the door, just tragic. Yeah. So sad. And another one for Miss Brittany Gilliam, um, who was in Aurora, Colorado, which is where Elijah McClain lost his life. She and her 6-year-old, 12-year-old, and 14, uh, sorry, she and her six-year-old daughter, 
12-year-old sister and 14, 7-year-old nieces were recent they were in a their parked um suv they had just gone to nail they were going to go potentially to see if a nail salon was open she was treating them to go to a nail salon and they were surrounded by police were arrested including the six-year-old and 12-year-old the young girls were arrested made to lay on their stomach because the police of aurora thought that they were in a stolen vehicle which was a fucking motorcycle yeah so how do they conflate a motorcycle a fucking and an motorcycle SUV? They proceeded to throw point guns at them, arrest them, make them lay on their stomachs on the ground um, while they then checked to confirm that whether it was a stolen vehicle because the license plate was similar. They were fucking wrong. Um, In their statement, they went on to say that after they figured out that they were fucking wrong, that they apologized and immediately released them. And that's that shit, that language of the, you know, oh, you immediately release them. Um, I saw a news article that said, oh, they were briefly detained. They fucking had guns put at them and there were children that were handcuffed and made to lay on their stomach. Four young girls. Fearing for for their lives. Four young girls. And I think it's On their stomach. There's a picture of it online. There's a picture of it This was a video that has gone viral and it's like, this is why we literally like, they can't do it. We're this is in Aurora, bitch. We just been talking about a lot. We're still haven't seen any justice for Elijah. Y'all literally cannot get it right. You can't do so it. So you know what the girls need to do? The same thing they did to in Minneapolis <laughs> to the to the police. I think maybe they need to. You know, the girls need to do what they <laughs> you gotta wanted to do. bomb the police station. Well, I don't, do what I don't think do, they girl. bombed it. I think they just they just took, they evacuated and the girls the you know the girls I think burned it up like and I. I mean, and it's just like, it's know. so clear that they know they fucked up because they're literally like, oh, and they literally just yesterday got a new police chief because the last one got let go with all the Elijah hoopla. They literally just got a new police chief and they're like, oh, we're going to get help for, you know, the fan, the young girls. And in the, I, so I watched the video. I didn't listen to it with the sound because I didn't want to hear, I have a sister. I didn't want to hear little black girls crying. I just wasn't in that yeah, space. I, oh, see, I didn't even know on. there was a video. I saw a picture. Oh, I couldn't yeah, watch it's a video. video I it's a video. Watch. This um, is one I couldn't watch to see the little girls crying and being hysteric. I, I would just, I would just, I, I would lose it. I would lose it. And she asked him, like, why do they have to be, and apparently, like, it, it's, they keep blaming it on policy. And it's like, well, it's policy if, like, a child is, I guess, threatening or too active or something to arrest them as well. It's like, you need to arrest a six-year-old girl and they're blaming it on policy. Our policy is to, you know, have guns pointed. And it's like, but is it policy to take a fucking little white teenager who just shot up a church full of black people to McDonald's before you take in a fucking jail? Is that policy as well? And that's the part where it's like, fuck your policy because you don't treat it as fairly. Like, fuck that shit. So my prayers are to that family who now have to live with that trauma, who now have to deal with that. And I hope y'all fucking get y'all fucking money. They already got that lawyer queued up. They're going for yeah, the police department. But settled, this man. shit keeps happening. So you know what? And That's yeah. a city. We got to add that on the list for the revolution when she comes. <laughs> add that Tulsa, city. So Tulsa. Tulsa. Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Aurora. Bruce Brianna Taylor's, you know, hometown. Lou, oh, yeah. Louisville She's got to be go. added to the list. And then Aurora, Colorado. She, yeah. she, we need uh, to put her on that list, too. Make um, a note. And this... Yeah, so, yeah. I just want to sit with that for a bit. Um, and this last one is literally breaking news. Um, a little, going a little bit outside the borders. Um, Beirut, the capital of Lebanon, there was an explosion that happened. Um, that one, I also watched a video. Ah, this has been that week, child. She's been putting herself through it. Um, it is something. It's not long, but it's really, really shocking to see smoke rising up 
from a building and you think that's what it ha- what it is and then there's an explosion yeah. that you literally just see this expansion and this literally in the middle of a capital city um and it was an explosion so powerful that it literally caused a minor earthquake um wow. there's been close to 80 deaths um 4000 people wounded and i'm sure the death count will continue to rise um because and I'm not as familiar with Beirut or Lebanon. I mean, they've been going through civil war. They've been dealing with Syria. They've, they've been protesting, um, you know, recently there. I think they have a president or prime minister? President, I think. Um, recently resigned. Um, so this is like already things were bad. I think they have like a 50% unemployment rate. People don't have, you know, can't afford gasoline, can't afford food. They are like digging through garbage. So it was art. This was before this happened. And at first they were saying that it was potentially an accident at a warehouse that had explosives. But I think now it's starting to evolve that maybe it was something more nefarious either way, really awful to have this happen. Um, uh, I don't know. Did you have anything to add to anything? Yeah, no, you covered all the, all the thoughts and prayers. Cause I really want to go into this, you know, this more positive. Segment, yeah. Right? Yeah. You've been trying to lift us up. Cause you know, I'm that down <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah, you so you're, tra- down you're trying girl. to balance us out. You're trying yeah. to balance us out. So I'm gonna let you take over. This is a newer segment. that we're. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go into something a little bit lighter, a segment, a throwback to the living color days. Cause we are two black Queens, right? So, you know, two snaps, girl, we have a new segment called two snaps. <laughs> Um, and we want to give some two snaps to some, some people that are doing the thing, you know, doing things the right way, like Beyonce girl, you know, um, you know, doing some good work out here. So, uh, Miss Malachi, do you want to go, you want to give the first two yeah, snaps? Yeah, I know for being the depressing person. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. do have some snaps. So I do have some things. Cause you know, even in the darkness, you got to find the light cause to keep you going. So, I mean, seeing Miss Brianna Taylor, especially in that moment of, those little girls and that young woman getting arrested, seeing Miss Brianna Taylor on the cover of O Magazine. She was on the cover of the September issue. This is the first time in 20 years where Oprah wasn't on the cover. She shared the cover, but she's never not been on it. Um, it was a digital um, picture that was, um, it was like a digital version of a photo of Brianna that was made by this amazing young black artist, young woman by the name of Alexis Franklin. Um, so I just love, I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all have already seen that, but it's just beautiful to see. Um, and I still just see, like, that's what we need, especially for people, the capitalists, especially the black capitalist girls, to see that space to uplift all of us. Um, this other one is a little bit weird one from Miss um, Dr. Oxiris. I may be getting this wrong. Oxiris Barbat. She is a New York health commissioner. She recently resigned and... There's a great article that a ProPublica piece about the two coasts. It's called Two Coasts, One Virus, How New York Suffered Nearly 10 Times the Number of Deaths as California. And it looks at the timeline of coronavirus in the early spring, um, putting New York side by side with San Francisco and, you know, the governor of California versus the governor of New York and kind of their different ways of dealing with the crisis. Uh, it's a long one, but I think it's worth even just like kind of skimming it or kind of looking at parts of it. Um, because I think there's some, I hope people's memory is long. Cause there's some stuff I think that de Blasio has been failing at. Um, and, and not I just de Blasio, is, I think governor Cuomo failed yeah, in specific as well, ways too. As well. Um, yeah, both. I, I actually read this article. I think this article is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one you sent me girl. Yeah, oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one you sent me. Um, and so, but yeah, so this New York health commissioner, she recently resigned and part of her resignation, um, is basically there's just been 
friction between you know the mayor's office and the New York Health Department. Um, they stripped the health department of responsibility for contract tracing um, and put it in the hands of like the local government um, or well, a different part of local government. Um, so of course, without that, you know, getting data or being able to monitor things, like kind of taking away one of the tools that they can do that to match a crisis. Um, she got into dispute, which I wonder if it led to their resignation because it was a couple months ago mm-hmm. with the New York Police Department around the police department wanting like a hundred thousand masks for or something like for the officers and her being like i love this she's like i don't give two rats asses about your cops like basically saying like i need to get these masks to like frontline workers and health workers not your fucking nypd and i don't think she still gave them like 50 something or some amount but i just love that like she resigned and it was clear that it wasn't they weren't leaving on good terms. So, mm. but I just love the fact that like, here's someone who's pushing back, not only on the police, but pushing back on this idea of some people getting care and protection over others. Wow. Two snaps, girl, two snaps. And then to, I want to give two snaps to speaker Nancy Pelosi, honey, because she is going in on complicit white women, girl. She is uh, going in on Dr. Deborah Burks. Uh, who I've actually been going in on for some time because she basically, you know, she talked about how Trump had this masterful mind for data and she sat there and listened to that motherfucker talk about injecting bleach and didn't say shit. Didn't stop him. She was sitting right on the side. She gave him a look. She gave him a look. And that's what Nancy Pelosi, in a in, first off, in a congressional hearing, Nancy Pelosi said, cool, well, you all need to send me, the administration needs to send me a scientist other than Dr. Deborah Burks, who sat there and listened to the president say that people should inject themselves or swallow bleach. Do not send that bitch here. Like... <laughs> to to brief us like we need a real scientist to brief us here in congress because it's a complicit white woman then she went on two different sunday shows or she went on a sunday show and on cnn i think on monday uh, i think she went on abc's this week and she called dr deborah burks out for being complicit twice and mm-hmm. said that she has no confidence in her and so snaps <laughs> to nancy pelosi for basically calling out a uh, another white woman calling out a complicit white woman and basically making America know that this woman, like we see her on TV, we see her, you know, on interviews and we see her in the coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus task force briefings, but that she basically has lost all her credibility, credibility mm-hmm. in the scientific community and that you should not, you know, that you shouldn't just rely on the things that she says. Because she also, like Trump, paints an overly rosy view of, mm. you know, the state of the coronavirus in this country. And only recently has she started, really only in the last week has she started been warning, you know, that it's really bad even in the rural areas and the urban areas. Mm. And she, she's only taken a different tone recently, but she was all this time, she was painting an overly rosy view. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like Nancy Pelosi could have called her out earlier, but, you know, better late than never. So two snaps to Miss Pelosi. Two snaps for that. And, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of her. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Nance. Um, and that's our show. Um, special shout out. Happy birthday, Mr. Obama, first black president. We're a little bit belated by this time the show comes out, but yes. we're recording it on his birthday. 59 today. 59 is still mm. sexy. 59 yes. and still looking fine. He sure is. <laughs> um, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok until it gets banned. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our instagram say, is popping our twitter is popping oh, yes. too but our instagram oh, yes. is popping y'all girls need to you, follow us you really yeah do. if yeah, you listen to us put... you'll enjoy our instagram you will <laughs> yeah. 
Miss Deborah putting in that work, bitch. Um, don't forget to rate us and review us on the preferred podcast platform of your choice. We're pretty much on all of them. Um, I hope y'all stay safe, healthy, and mentally saved um, out there. And with that, we will see you next week. Miss Devereaux, do you have a final word? Yeah. Any man that doesn't live with you, like I said in the download with Devereaux, is dirty dick trade, girl. <laughs> All men are dirty dick trade during the pandemic. Don't forget it. Don't forget dirty it. Dirty dick trade. Okay. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.